Our governor calls Utah the startup capital of the world, and it tracks. We've got a fast-growing, well-educated population and a buzzing economy. And just last week, Utah unveiled the Startup State Initiative, a resource portal for entrepreneurs. From step-by-step -step guides to a business plan generator, startup.utah.gov is now the first stop for starting or growing a business here. That's startup.utah.gov. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. We have surpassed 700 inches of snow this season and are seeing increasing preparations now around the valley for fear of extreme flooding. Our snowpack is being compared to that of 1983 when State Street turned into a raging river. So, has it got you anxious? Are you getting prepared? I asked one Taylorsville mom who identifies as a prepper what she has to share. It's Monday, March 27th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Cottom, you are a mom in Taylorsville who is very prepared. What's the most important thing in your prep kit? Oh, since I have two kids, uh, the entertainment. <laughs> That's one thing that oh, I know. Oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it is entertainment because if you are like in a shelter, we lived in Florida for a little while. If you're in a shelter like during a natural disaster, they don't provide entertainment. You know, you can get yeah. water and maybe some snacks, but you need to have a book or some games. And that's what I put in when, when I had kids. So most huh. people don't think about that. Well, zooming out from that one thing, like, can you paint for me a picture of what your your prep stash looks like? Like, if you had things sort of laid out for me, what would I be looking at? Oh, let's see. I usually keep, um, like, my powdered stuff in one section, like our flour, sugar, powdered milk, um, spices, and then I have canned areas. And then mm. I have things um, like we've canned in the summer from, like, peach trees and stuff that spoil yeah. a lot quicker. And I have that in the mm. far right. And then I have toothpaste, toothbrushes. So that's about my layout. How long could this last? Um, with everything, we would be happy and content to not leave our house for about mm, three to six months if we had to. And this kit is designed for your house, like it wouldn't travel very well. It sounds heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bulk is. Um, I have 72-hour kits for each kid, and okay. you know that would last about three days. We've got enough water for each person for three days, change of clothes, a jacket, um, a pair of shoes, some entertainment. So those yeah. are portable, and then the rest of it is if you were here in the house for that long. Yeah. Well, when did you start getting prepared? Like, what's the origin story for you? <laughs> um, my parents have always been kind of preppers. And then when I got married, that was our uh, wedding gift. We're 72-hour kits. <laughs> Basic, you know, a uh, couple of cans of, I don't know, maybe they're like 10 can things of flour and sugar and powdered milk and oats. And that's how mm. ours started as a couple. That's so interesting. What was your husband's reaction to the wedding gift? Was he like, 
hoping um, for a, <laughs> no, a lawnmower was, or something. He was okay with that because his dad gave us a portable oven that you like can put stuff in. Oh my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> uh, you know, with the sun, the sun cooks it, but it's this little teeny tiny cardboard metal type thing that's portable and and you can yeah. cook like a pizza in it or, you know, basic stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like it's generational. Do you know, like, for your parents, where did it come from? Um, my parents, um, my dad, I think, did it. Um, my mom did it. She heard it. She, Her parents weren't really any member of any church, but her grandmother was. And her grandmother took her to church, and they had a lesson on that. So she thought, oh, I'm going to go and start saving stuff. And she was about 10 and she just saved a few cans here and there. And her dad actually kind of made fun of her. And they owned a grocery store and the grocery store burnt down. And so what got them through was they sold their food stores that she had saved. No, when she was 10? Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and so my grandparents like, okay, we're really sorry we made fun of you. <laughs> That's so interesting. So for your mom, she's like, this is a core memory for yeah. me. Like, I, yeah. you are not changing my mind. Like, I was yep. 10 when I learned this lesson. Like, yep. yeah. Yep. Well, it sounds like, I mean, fire is one in the family sort of legacy. What kind of events are you preparing for? Like, where do you think these kits would come into play? Oh, so uh, since I've been married, I've lived in, um, I think, five states now. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. and each state has their own natural disaster. Like when we lived in Florida, we had 12 hurricanes that came through yep. the four years. I'm from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Can attest. <laughs> hu learned the expression hunker down at like age yep. seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So we learned that, especially we were there in Florida when Katrina hit Florida first and then went up. And most people don't think it hit Florida. I'm like, yes, mm. it did. <laughs> yeah, and I remember so, that. I was there. We were watching that and watching how long people were in shelter. And I thought, you know, the, so these 72 hour kits are for getting, if we have to leave the house, we at least have something. We have something there that we're not going to be dehydrated or bored or, you know, that's what the portable 72 hour kits are for is if we have to leave the house or we have a 24 hour kit in each of our cars because we now live in Utah where there's snowstorms and blizzards and you could be stuck in your car. So we have a little one in the car until, mm -hmm. you know, if plows can't get to us, we're at least okay. We have a little blanket to keep warm and some water and some snacks. Yeah. When you started getting your kit together, did you ever anticipate that a pandemic would be in the future? Uh, no, I never did. Because <laughs> I imagine it was pre-COVID. <laughs> yes, it was pre-COVID. And COVID kind of helped me change some of the stuff. You know, hmm. um, made me think, okay, the toilet paper is probably a little more important <laughs> yeah. than I thought of. And masks. You know, I didn't think about masks before putting those in a 24-hour kit or even in your storage or hand sanitizers. So, yeah. That, that changed us a little bit in what we needed yeah. in our kits. Mother's Day is on the horizon, and the good news is that you can find everything you need at Harmon's. Whether it's a little something to brighten mom's day or a memorable spread, here are a few ideas. For breakfast, try Harmon's house-baked cinnamon rolls with freshly squeezed orange juice and a package of fresh-cut strawberries. 
If you're spicing it up with Bloody Marys, don't forget that Harmon's has an olive bar with over 12 different varieties. Now flowers are the perennial favorite, and you can order online or pop by the store last minute, shop succulents, potted plants, and elaborate arrangements. May's flower of the month is the hydrangea, very appropriate. Hydrangeas are fragrant and elegant. And if sweets are in order, Harmon's has added raspberry to their selection of brownie flavors. Find all mom's favorites at your local Harmon's or order online at harmonsgrocery.com. Epic Brewing is one of the OGs in building Utah's craft beer scene. But I am most excited about their recent adventures in canned cocktails. First, they release the Utah Mule. And as a big fan of ginger, I have been sipping those for almost a year now. But now, this April, we have the Utah Margarita. A delicious, locally fermented blend of real lime and agave. And they create alcohol by fermenting cane sugar instead of using tequila. Which means you can buy Utah Margaritas at the grocery store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita or Utah Mule at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's. Or you can visit Epic Brewery on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. They're open seven days a week. And this fall, look out for the Utah Cosmo. I mean, what we're talking about here is just this sort of age-old idea of self-reliance, right? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from for you? Like, where where is that rooted in your life experience? Um, I think just from day one, my parents always said, you know, we have to be as self-reliant as possible. Uh, I I know being a Mormon, it's, it's really embedded in our religion is be self-reliant. Don't rely on anyone. If you, you know, help comes, great. If not, at least you're prepared. You're not going to be out panicking. Why is that? Because I, I mean, I'm not Mormon and I didn't grow up Mormon, so I don't know a lot about the LDS church. Mm-hmm. What is the relationship between Mormonism and that idea of self-reliance? Um, I think it comes to the early parts of the church. Uh, the Mormons were kind of pushed around from state to state for uh, mm-hmm. the first little while. And so their leaders at that time really said, hey, you need to leave the rocking chair behind and you need to mm-hmm. put the flour and the oats and the seeds. Yeah. That kind of through the generations is kind of passed down is, okay, what do we need to be prepared? Because we don't know what will happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because we talked about your mom sort of being the person who was thinking about preparedness. But I mean, when I was a kid, my mom said a lot of things and I ignored <laughs> all, most of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. when did it come around for you that you were like, okay, we need to get supplies together. This is important. Oh, boy. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think I started thinking about college, you know, like when I was on my own for the first time. But I think yeah. it really hit when I had kids was, okay, I'm the one in charge of two little lives. Nobody yeah. else can help. What can I do? So I think that's for me when I first had my first kid was, okay, I'm in charge of this little life. Let's get serious. It's, I mean, one of the reasons it's so honestly delightful to talk to you is there's this certain image in popular culture that's associated with preppers, 
We see it in like zombie apocalypse TV shows, most recently The Last of Us, which famously came to Salt Lake. The idea of doomsday prepping Mm -hmm. often involves like not just supplies, but weapons, like this sort of like end of times, all out war mentality. I'm curious how your idea of preparedness might be different from the stereotypes. My parents, they always taught us. And what I've always understood from our leaders is the preparedness, you know, what you prepare isn't going to be for some world disaster. It's going to be for an individual family. Mm -hmm. And I know when I was a kid, my dad lost his job for a little while. And that's what got us through until he got a job was our food storage. And so I kind of know firsthand, hey, you know, it's probably not going to help in a natural, you know, huge natural disaster, but maybe jobs, maybe a pandemic for a little while might happen, but things will, you know, they've, they've always told us things will go back to normal. You know, when we had an earthquake here, it was just shortly after, um, everything started shutting down after pandemic. Yeah, it and, was three years ago, like this week, I <laughs> yep, think. Yep. And the, the kids, we were um, supposed to go pick up our kids' uh, laptops uh, to do it remotely. And that morning is when an earthquake hit. And mm. my kids had a hard time um, with the aftershocks. And I got to the point where I said, to, to help them calm down, I said, remember that it doesn't last forever. It does end and and that helped them <laughs> sleep at night because it there the big earthquake happened while they were asleep and so yeah. with the prepping i always tell them remember this isn't forever this is for something temporary to get you mm. through that yeah what i'm hearing is like you're not thinking about the end of times you're thinking about hard times yeah well something i've always wondered too is whether or not preparedness tools, food kits, like these these prepping resources are intended to be shared because often when we think about this idea of self-reliance comes the notion of protecting what's yours, right? Like mm-hmm. when you think about your kit, do you think about it as a community resource or is it mostly for your family? I think I think both. I remember mm-hmm. my boss in Florida who I said, you guys are crazy. I, I don't know much about Mormons, <laughs> but I do know about food storage. <laughs> and, and he would tease me. He said, if anything happens, I'm coming to your house. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'll know where to go. And I said, yeah. And and I know some people that have one of my family friend, their family has in part of their preparation, they have guns. Because like, we're going to protect our stuff. And I thought, well, mm. why? Do you know, why not just share it and people could be a community. So I think there are two people out there like, yeah, I'm going to be prepared, but I'm also going to protect my stash. And for me and my family, we're like, well, if somebody really needs it, then we're happy to share. Right. Like I prepared this so that we wouldn't experience scarcity. That's the point. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the earthquake in Magna. We are right now in the three-year anniversary of all being shaken awake that morning. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) I imagine there are some listeners who are hearing you and they're like, okay, maybe I'll start getting a a small kit together. What advice do you have for them? Well, don't panic. Don't think you have Mm -hmm. to do it right away. You know, like, like everything all at once. Do a little bit at a time. Say, okay, what's most important? Okay, we definitely need water. I'm going to buy an extra 
a thing of bottled water this week. And then maybe in two weeks, buy um, peanut butter, a jar of peanut butter and put it in your backpack. You know, just find small things and stash it away because each week it will add up and you'll see, oh, look, I didn't have to break the bank to get this. I did it. Right. And and look at what your family needs. Like, don't go out and buy 20 cans of refried beans if nobody's going to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Think logically on this, too. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's probably good advice across the board. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Emily Cottom, I think you've convinced me. (laughs) It's such a delight to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. If you or your family are anxious about flooding this spring and want to pack up some sandbags, you can do that at stop and fill locations around the county. The cities are providing sand and bags, but they ask that you bring a shovel and fill them yourself. I put a list of locations in the show notes for you. And speaking of disaster, did you know that 90% of Utah's population lives in active earthquake zones? And every year, various state agencies team up to host the Great Shakeout. It's a statewide earthquake drill that also offers various preparedness resources. Individuals, families, schools, really any entity can sign up to participate at shakeout.org slash Utah. It's only March, and the Great Shakeout isn't until April 20th, so you have time. But, you know, better to be prepared. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.